0: for Complete terms.
1: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre sales to select campus events while supplies last make every tap
0: music to your ears.
2: Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Kumo Majesty 9 Solus TA91. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be
0: the volume. Volume. complete terms.
1: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with
2: Amex. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Yokohama test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
1: Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get
4: your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Introducing DirecTV Stream, the best of live TV and on demand, which means you can get all your favorite sports, movies, and shows together. So you can watch new episodes of your favorite reality shows live or binge old episodes on demand. Either way, get ready for some drama. And the best part? DirecTV Stream has no annual contract. DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together at directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet and compatible device. Content varies by package and location. Restrictions apply.
5: The college football season is in full swing, and you can make every moment more with FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, all customers get a $10 parlay bet bonus. Just place a $20 parlay bet, get a $10 bonus win. Or lose. All right, I got a four legger that's plus four seventy four. I think you guys are really gonna like. Give me Georgia money line this weekend against Florida. Give me Wisconsin money line this weekend against Iowa. Give me San Jose State money line this weekend at home against Wyoming. And give me Kentucky money line at Mississippi State. There's your four legger. I love using FanDuel Sportsbook for many reasons. There's a ton. I'm a big live better. I enjoy doing that. The fast withdrawals are always easy. I love to be able to get uh, my money back quickly when I win, and then the odds boosts and specials. I mean, every day there's some big boost, or some super boost each weekend around the biggest uh, local and national matchups, and what else could you ask for? And if you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, sign up today with promo code JBOY, that's J-B-O-Y, to also receive a risk-free bet up to 1000 that's promo code JBOY, J-B-O-Y, So they know that I sent you, and that's a free bet up to 1000 dollars 21 and over and present in present Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Bonus issued is non withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max bonus ten dollars plus four hundred final price or longer required. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Do you have a gambling problem? Call one 800 next step or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. one 888 Seven eight nine seven seven seven, or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER, or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Virginia, one 800 270 for confidential help in Michigan, and of course the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789, or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia.
1: Live from the College Football Hall of Fame, welcome to the J-Boy Show on the volume. Presented by FanDuel and hosted by Jake Crane.
6: This is Roman
7: Harper. This is Derek Stingley Jr. This is David Pollock, and you're watching the J-Boy A-Show. And you're watching the J-Boy Show.
1: So thanks for watching the J-Boy Show. <laughs>
7: All right everybody,
5: it's Monday. You know what that means? We are about to get after it. Thank you guys for hopping in uh, on a Monday live from the College Football Hall of Fame. Make sure you hit that subscribe button to the Volume YouTube channel. Check out everything on the channel. Some great stuff from our show to a bunch of others including Colin Cowherd, the man himself. Uh, but we had a you know, you look at the slate of weekend games and we've got a great show for you guys. You look at the slate of weekend games. Was it beautiful or was it this huge weekend? No, but we learned some things. You can always learn some things and there were some matchups that surprised us and we're going to get into to that Uh, I'm going to start I want to talk about Lane Kiffin kind of that audition I guess as you could say for LSU and how it went and is Alabama a little bit more vulnerable this year in some very important places than they've been In you know, a decent amount of time, uh, especially compared to last year, even though it was anomaly with what they had on offense and COVID. I want to dive into that as we get to the later ends of the season because we see the way this Western division is kind of shaping up. We'll know a lot more after this weekend. Bo Nix, that's right. Auburn quarterback's going to hop in, talk Ole Miss, talk about the bye week. And something you really need to pay attention to is his relationship with Mike Bobo, kind of how Mike Bobo treats the quarterbacks, how he coaches them. And Bo has a very interesting tidbit in there about guys getting coached hard. And we talk about that on the show all the time. We're going to give our five stars of the weekend. You know, uh, five stars good, four stars good, three stars good, two and one not so good, including a Clemson team that has fallen off the proverbial cliff. I guess you could say. We're going to talk about that. Danny Werfel, Heisman winner. It's Florida Georgia Week, people. The world's largest cocktail party. I don't care what they call it, the Kumbaya Bowl or whatever they want to call it now. It's going to be a heck of a matchup. Florida's been down, but they're going to get up for this one. He has some great insight on that. And as well, he talks about the Desire Cup, this big Florida Georgia golf tournament they have that's helping uh, underprivileged uh, youths around the country, which is huge. And then we give you our new top 10. Oregon fans, Eric in the Booster Club, our Oregon fans, calm down. Michigan's going to play Michigan State. There's a little hint for you, and then our sharp picks and Cone seven and one in the last eight sharps, and the only one you missed didn't you take Arkansas over Auburn?
7: I'll get to it. You'll get to it. We'll get there. But he's
5: been really hot in the sharps. We've been hot ninety-seven and seventy. Ooh overall right now so we're doing good boys almost 60 right at that 60 percent let's stay there it's all green it's all in the green we got to keep it going let's stay hot for the people people. that's exactly right this isn't about us for the people it hadn't been about us it's about you guys but uh, I do want to dive into this Lane Kiffin uh, Ole Miss LSU game and and you can't look at this game without understanding We, we know about LSU and the situation there they're playing with house money nothing to lose what are they gonna do fire the staff but Ole Miss was really beat up really beat up at multiple places. You know, you look offensively, Braylon Sanders being out is huge when you don't have an Elijah Moore, when you don't have a Kenny Eboa. Uh, Mingo broke his foot a couple weeks ago, you know, almost a month ago. So them being able to operate on the ground, and roll up the yards that they did. You look at how many yards Ole Miss rushed for as opposed to LSU. That was the key to the whole game. LSU jumped out, scored, looked like, hey, LSU's playing free. They're moving the ball up and down the field. <laughs> Ole Miss with a huge goal line stand to change the momentum, and they were able to stop the LSU run game. We saw more of the gap scheme. Why the heck would you not do it if you're LSU? But Lane passed the test. We were talking earlier in the production meeting, he got his ticket to Hollywood. I'm not talking about USC. We're not talking about USC. USC. But he passed his audition, and I thought it was interesting when they were up, I believe, 31-7, to 7, still going for it on fourth and six, fourth and five. Kind of brought me back to earlier in the week when we talked about with Lane, try and run it up if he had the chance. And look, you know, when you're in that position, you got to stop people. I've never been the type of guy that is like, oh, they're running up to score. They're running. Well, will Stop them. Stop them. Now, there's respect. and I'm not talking about running triple reverses when you're up 40 and and pulling out trick plays. But if you can't line up and stop what they're doing, they don't need to slow down their pace or change what they do just because you can't stop it. In what other frame of life is that acceptable? It's not. It's like, oh, salesman, you're selling really good. But hey, stop selling so much. You know, look at the rest of us. You know, we, we got to make money, too. No, that's not how it works. If you're upset about somebody running up the score or the way that they're handling it, outside of anything obtuse or, or out there, like I talked about the trick plays, then you're just being a sourpuss in my, in, in my estimation. And Lane Kiffin was trying to score 45 points. It, make no mistake. They're trying to – Lane Kiffin is an offensive-minded guy. Not that he doesn't care about the defense and DJ Durkin and all this – But his bread and butter is offense. He wants the offense to go out there and dominate each week because that's him and Jeff Levy's, you know, I keep using the word proverbial, but it's the truth. Baby, that's what they do. But Ole Miss showed up. They were beat up. You're facing an LSU team, like I said, that's playing free. Nothing, you know, they're beat up too, but nothing is holding them back. And Matt Corral wasn't able to run as well. I was interested that they threw him a a throwback pass as beat up as he's been. But Ole Miss did what they had to do with the personnel that they had, and they did it on the ground. And I will keep saying it over and over again. Lincoln Riley and Lane Kiffin are not Mike Leach. This isn't the air raid. They have to be balanced, they have to be able to run. To be able to pass And vice versa But Ole Miss leans a lot more on the run Than you think they would And when you look outside And you're like Wow, where's Braylon Sanders? Hurt Where's Jonathan Mingo? Hurt We know that, that your number one guy Is is going to be Drummond uh, You look out there on the outside Parish On the inside Parish has done a good job at running back But Lane passed the test He did what he had to do Against the team That is looking to possibly acquire him And I will keep saying it I think there is a very good chance That Lane Kiffin is the head coach at LSU And I think it would be a great fit But when you look at this game The test was passed With flying colors Not only was the test passed But his team came back They could have when they went down 7 to nothing, Started looking around Well we're hurt You know defensively it's not our strength No you know what that defense did They bowed up and got stops when they had to get stops And they took away the hope From LSU And when you have a team like that And while you may be playing with house money And free money Whatever you want to call it for LSU Once the hope is gone It's hard to rally those guys When you you don't have a head coach When you have all this turmoil so Ole Miss had a chance to put the foot on the throat, they did and they rode it out. They did what they have to do and it showed you that Lane not only has the backing of his team, but they're able to somewhat win in multiple ways now. The biggest question looking this weekend is how does that defense and how do those injuries affect you going to Jordan Hare with an Auburn team that is ranked in the top 20 that controls its own destiny in the SEC West and is coming off a bye week when they had a chance to get healthy and I know this isn't, you know, this is this is the most obvious of all time you don't play in SEC games and just get healthier if guys are out there banged up still playing and not only were guys not able to play for Ole Miss guys were playing and you get more sore and it adds up and it piles up so The question this week, if you're looking at Ole Miss and Auburn, is Auburn playing a 80% Ole Miss team, or are they playing a 65% Ole Miss team? Either way, there's a reason that line is up, and Auburn is a a two-and-a-half-point favorite, even though they're the lower-ranked team. But Lane Kiffin passed his audition with flying colors. Tell Simon, Paula, and Randy, send this man through to the next round. Give him a ticket. Let's ride. What do you guys think? Ole Miss showed up?
7: Ole Miss showed up, man. And talking about um, running up the score, I mean, it's not like Ole Miss was sitting here doing this to Southern Miss. This is LSU it's we're LSU. talking about. Score points. It's LSU. That's what score I'm points. saying. Score points. I like it. I mean, and, and Laugh now, LSU is better than Ole Miss more often than Ole Miss is better than LSU, right? Very I mean, true this statement. Is a, this is a divisional rivalry. Score points. Yeah. I don't like And, I don't have any, and, and on pro- the recruiting trail. No problem with it. Look, don't think but, they don't look at these final y'all, scores. Uh, who,
8: was, who was there that weekend? for What were proofs mm, there? I don't know. A quarterback, maybe Arch oh, Manning. Arch Manning. He's, he's pretty hey, good, right? I don't care if we're up 40, if we're up 50. That's a great point. You know, we're trying to get better. Yeah, I want to also got, look we at the scoreboard. Get better, you know, we're not coming out. And we're throwing it every play, but we know we're running our RPOs and we're hey, we got to get better. We have a big Auburn team next week where we got to go on the road and win a game. I can't waste all, basically a whole second half of just making sure LSU doesn't feelings doesn't get hurt. That's exactly. We're right. here to get better, and I'm Lane yeah. Kiffin. I'm running the that s- thing up every the time. The scoreboard
5: doesn't care about your feelings, and in today's game, in today's recruiting society, the way it is, you want to be able to go in there and say, "Wow, yeah, 45 7 Uh, Let that sink in. You want to go play there? You want to go play here? Because guess what? We're going to do it again. It happens all the time on the recruiting show, but that's a great point, Cone. And another point I want to get to before we get to Bo Nix, before we get Bo in here, is Alabama more vulnerable Mm -hmm. and important spots than they've been in a while? My answer? Yes. And when you look at off the cuff, and, and I've been going on different radio shows and talking about this, off the cuff, you would say, well, Yeah. Alabama lost Mac Jones and and Waddle and Devontae and and all these guys, uh, they should be taking a step back. But we're not talking about the offense. The offensive line they've allowed a little more pressure mm-hmm. than we're used to seeing. They've got new guys up front, mm-hmm. haven't gelled together. That's that's, that's probably the one problem. Yes. You look, there's been some drops, it but is, come man. on, guys. Jamison Williams is a freak. Yep. Mechie's really good. Billingsley. Did not look like himself Latu went down Was able to get back up It's not like Alabama Hasn't been scoring points You scored 38 against a Alabama's offense is clicking Bryce Young now was able to tote the ball a little bit more, was still safe. But you see him knowing when to pull the trigger and when not to when you're that size, something we alluded to before the season, because he can't tuck it and run it 30 times and take all these hits. But he was very efficient, keeping his eyes downfield. It's not there. I'm going to take off. But I thought he was a little more aggressive in deciding to go a little bit earlier. A couple times he saw a man, took off, made one guy miss. And Bryce has a little bit of wiggle. But where Alabama is vulnerable is in one spot where you do not want to be vulnerable vulnerable and that is in the front seven on defense and to me it's the interior linebackers when they've played offenses that had offensive lines that were physically able to match up with them. Not that the personnel there was such a big gap in between the, the offensive lines personnel and, and the blockers personnel as opposed to what Alabama has in the front seven where you just overwhelm them and you don't really know. Look at the Florida game. They were able to push them around. Look at the AM game. An offensive line that had not been playing well at all was able to push them around enough to be balanced. Because the, the thing about Alabama that, that used to get you, and I know last year everybody complained about the defense, but they gave up 19 points A game and you went undefeated and won the National championship 19 points a game isn't bad But if you watch the way that it's happening This year teams are actually able That are capable to line up And say we'll run it at you We're not horrified Of a Marcel Darius even though Will Anderson Is a beast Mathis is a really good player They don't have two or three guys in that Front that you're like, we just can't, you know, like with Jordan Davis, some of these guys, like we just, we're in second 11 the whole game, our second 10 the whole game, our third 9 the whole game. You're able to run inside zone and get four. And the interior backers, the Mississippi State matchup was perfect for him. There's a reason they gave up six. Mississippi State's not lining up and running the power at you consistently. You don't have to worry about that. You're worrying, all right, am I zone dropping? Am I spot dropping? You know, are, are we in man? Are we passing it off? Are we green-dogging it? Are we banjoing it? Whatever. Against these other teams that are able to line up and somewhat run it, you have to think run or pass. You're not sitting there and thinking it's one-dimensional. So Alabama, to me, is vulnerable, especially at the inside linebacker position. They said it on the broadcast. Nick Saban said it himself. Christian Harris has to play better, and Henry Toa has to play better. They're not your typical, and people say, oh, well, we're moving to the spread, and linebackers are getting smaller. I get that, but you still got to be able to line up and stop the power if you're Alabama. You should have good enough players to be able to do that. But the thing that surprised me the most... Because they didn't lose a ton on defense, especially in the back end. Remember, coming into this year, it was, well, offense may be a little slow starting out, but man, that defense is going to look like old Alabama-style defense. They busted three coverages early against Tennessee. Two were natural busts. Third was an unnatural bust. What do I mean by that? The first two was just a miscommunication. In the red zone on the touchdown to Tennessee, where they ran the end, the skinny, that was a miscommunication on where the nickel was and where the outside DB was. You look at the second one. It was almost the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. And I made the point that sometimes, you know, when you play teams that go up-tempo like that, it affects communication. Because corners are just getting lined up. Jordan Battle said it last week. When we're playing a team that that goes that fast, the corners are getting lined up. That's what they're doing. And they've got to listen to us for the call. It's not everybody get the call or, hey, we have time. They're getting ready. They're checking with me. Let me get the call. They're getting lined up. Something got lost in translation two times early against Tennessee. And this is a veteran defense. Okay, these are older guys. You could make that excuse for the offense, but the offense is the best part of the team. It's the best part of the team. Then the third bust, Joe just was not ready. He just was not looking. And they snapped a ball, and the guy ran right by him. He ran right by him. And I do want to take my hat out to Tennessee and said, I thought physically, Mm -hmm. you know, they didn't back down. Now, they don't have the personnel. And we've talked about them in the second half, and you kind of saw that as it went to to the fourth quarter. But Alabama's vulnerable. Yeah in the front seven and a little bit in the back end and here is the problem there's going to come a time just like we talked with caleb williams I and say. i know bryce has played a lot and he's looked really good to me him and matt corral are neck neck and neck for the heisman this is a big week weekend for matt corral but there is going to come a game where bryce young makes a couple mistakes you haven't seen the big mistake yet or the game where there's multiple mistakes and think about this think about this tennessee was up 14 to 7 and was able to somewhat withstand that Alabama comeback for a while. But when I watch Alabama, when I watch them total, they have vulnerabilities in spots that they typically are not vulnerable in. And that, to me, when you're trying to take down what has been a Titan, and Alabama has been that, those are some of the key areas that you have to hit. And make no mistake, it's not running for 250 yards. It's running enough where they have to honor it. And if they have to honor it, that leads to balance. And if you're on balance, what do we always say, guys? You stay on the beam. Mm -hmm. And Alabama's vulnerable in that front seven. I think the offensive line is a little bit vulnerable. We've seen that. And that is not a recipe to beat Georgia. That is not a recipe to win a national championship. And nobody knows that better. Than Alabama fans, yeah, because they, they've seen it more than anything. If they don't
7: get that offensive line problem fixed, then then um, he, Bryce Young's going to have to get the ball out of his, ha- his hands quicker. Because if Tennessee is able to get home with simple four man stunts, you and I were watching it. Yeah. They simple, ran swipe, simple swipe stunts with only the front four. They weren't bringing pressure, and they're getting home on Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. Then what's Georgia going to do? Oh, that's what. That's i They what I'm need saying. to get it fixed, or he needs to get well, the ball go out quicker.
8: Go back and look at the A and M game. What did A and M lead in in that game? Sacks and turnovers. Yeah, exactly. That's what it was. We've We've seen seen like, four games and in a you, row. And you look at this Alabama defense, and you can take Will Anderson out of it. You realistically look at it, and who scares you on that defense? Who, yeah. who scares you? Who in that front you? seven really who scares you, the hell out you. of you? You, you look, usually look at Alabama defense. You can game plan for one guy. You look at Alabama yep. defense, and there's five to six guys that you are extremely worried about, especially in the front seven. But, you know, in the back end, they don't have that one guy that's Sertan, right, that one lockdown guy. He's not there. They don't have the big guy like a, a Mosley in the middle yeah, or, Cody. or something like that to – to hold everything down. And and the last thing, you know, we we talked about this. And it needs to be a joke back in the day. You'd never see a guy rush for 100 yards on them. No.
5: You would you never remember, see it. Do you remember? Like, we're talking about this Georgia defense now. And I want to get to Bo Nixon in a second. We're talking about this Georgia defense now. Remember the Alabama defensive lines where you weren't running it. Like, you just ran it as a token run just to say, hey, we're not going to abandon it yet. But the word around town right now is, if you run it at Alabama and you have good enough players, I'm not talking about they play South Carolina. Look at the games where they played guys that, that may not have been as good all around as, as they were, but physically had the ability to move them or make them have to play good. That's the thing. You have to force Alabama to play really good in that front seven on defense. And right now the word around town is we can get a little movement and there's backs in this league. That can turn that second and eight run into second two by breaking one or two tackles. And if those middle linebackers don't start filling gaps against teams that are worth their salt, you think it's over now? Wait till Tank Bigsby meets you in the hole. And I don't think he's been healthy. Wait till Zamir White and the rest of the stable of backs—James Cook, Milton, McIntosh—that Georgia has. So to me, that's where Alabama's vulnerable, and that's not a spot where you have to be vulnerable. But say all that. Having said all that, Nick Saban's still their head coach. They have a ton Very of room to get better. And when you have athletes that are that good your ceiling is always – you can always reach a higher ceiling. And all it's going to take is for Alabama for it to click a couple times. But we're this far in the season, guys. Yeah, and we're
8: – Like, we're this far no, in. We're going into week eight, and, man. And we're talking about things you never talk about with Bama, special teams. Yeah. Right? You're you talking get, about when's the last time you saw a Bama penalty blocked? I, I, I was shocked, man. Pre, they, pre- they, pre- Think about penalties it. penalties at home. I, I, and know? I don't want to –
5: they've had a kickoff return, and I know they blocked the punt in A&M. They gave up a kick return for a touchdown and got a punt blocked. I'm just telling you, it's weird. It's just not typical Alabama. And Alabama fans are smart enough. that You start to see they're starting to sense it a little bit. Like, And, again, everybody always, and I talked about my girlfriend and reading and this, that, and the other, uh, that they're so used to winning. But when you've seen such a quality product, and I'm not saying this team isn't quality, but when you've seen what it really looks like when Bama's cooking and you look at this team now, you can see that there's a gap there. Yeah. You can And it's just from having watched ball. But let's get Bo Nix in here. After we get Bo Nix in here, we're going to go to the Booster Club. Get your feet chopping, Booster Club. Stay hot. We're coming to you right after this. Bo Nix, everybody. All right, we ready?
7: (laughs) Here we go. All right. In three, two.
5: All right, as usual on our Monday show, we welcome Auburn starting quarterback Bo Nix. Bo, coming off the bye week, big one this weekend. I appreciate you hopping on today.
6: Of course, yeah. It's definitely a big one this weekend, um, but it was good to have a bye week kind of right in the middle of our season with a a tough stretch down the end here.
5: Yeah, you know, we talked about the bye week a little bit last week, being able to get rest, uh, uh, rested up, go back to the fundamentals a little bit and self-scout. Got an Ole Miss team coming in here. We know about Matt Corral and that offense. They talk about it all the time. Uh, how much fun do you think this matchup's going to be when you look at both offenses being the quarterback of one? It's going to be the talk of the town. Because uh, when you kind of look, look at this game from a 30,000-foot view, you know, this is a really good matchup, a tight matchup as well.
6: Yeah, it's uh, just two – I guess top 25 teams, uh, they're in the top 10. Um, they broke it this weekend, so that's good having them at home. Um, it's going to be a fun atmosphere um, hosting a top 10 team. You know, I'm kind of used to going on the road and playing the top 10 teams, and so I'm excited to have one um, at home. And so um, just to have our crowd back into it um, after a bye week, um, just kind of with us being rested up, ready to go, knowing how good of an opponent they are, and, and they've been playing well as of late, and um, obviously they've, just like anybody else, they've played a lot of SEC games back-to-back-to-back, to back to back. so we know they got to be kind of tired too, so it's going to be a good old-fashioned SEC game.
5: You know, what has the messaging been like this week? You know, a lot of teams go through different weeks with the message. Is there any, like, overriding message or overruling message for this week, maybe separate than before? Is it kind of sticking to the routine and sticking to the process of what you have going on?
6: It's the same thing. You know, we want to go 1-0 and this week, and it's championship week again. Um, that's just how we've treated the SEC games, and that's what we're going to continue to do. So if we just do our job and go 1-0 and this week, we just give ourselves a chance to continue to move forward.
5: Yeah. And, uh, you know, looking at the timing, something that we've talked about before, it seems like uh, offensively you guys uh, have gotten more in rhythm and the chemistry's kind of elevated and elevated as it typically does throughout the year. How much more comfortable would you say you are right now with the guys you're throwing it to, with the guys that you're handing it off to, and sometimes the guys that you throw it to that you usually hand it off to. But how has that chemistry kind of grown throughout the season?
6: I think just continue to get timing with the the scheme that we have, continue to, mm-hmm. to run our plays and our routes that we got in this year. And um, anytime you get into a new offense, it usually takes you first couple of games, maybe to the middle of the season before you really start clicking. And that's I feel like where we are. We understand the basis of our offense. We understand the, the foundation of it, and then we can kind of go from there and, and get to different things and get to plays in different ways. And so that's mm-hmm. good. Um, but obviously just continuing to play with these guys is, is really helping um, lSU game Georgia game um, and then arkansas we've had some some not a whole lot of I guess we've just thrown the ball more I guess you can look at the attempts and see yeah. that we've we've had more game experience um, because anytime you I mean the more you throw and catch the more you get um, chances to throw and catch usually the better you'll become so the past few games we've had Had that opportunity and so we've continued to make the most of it and i thought our guys did a good job of making their plays against arkansas and kind of giving their confidence back and making the routine plays that that they can make consistently
5: yeah, and it seems like you you guys just took what they were giving you, and and as an offense, sometimes you know you want to throw it deep and you want the big play and this that and the other. But man, getting in second two is a whole heck of a lot better than getting in second and nine, and that's something you guys were able to do last week. I, I do uh, got a couple more for you here, Bo. If you could describe Mike Bobo's coaching style, how would you do it? I know this is an interesting question. I just want to see as a guy that's been around him enough now, how would you describe his coaching style in the room at practice? Kind of uh, sum it up for me.
6: That is a good question. Coach Bobo is just um, old-school, old-fashioned, um, very smart. Um, he's been through through a lot of coaching experiences. He's been through some big games. He's won some big games, and he's gotten beat in some big games. And so through that experience, it's, it's created him to be a very good coach and a very good offensive mind, offensive play caller. And when he gets in a groove in a game, um, I really I like how he calls plays once you get in the game. I like how he's aggressive, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. he's wide open all the way until you get inside the 10 usually. Um, he's not afraid to run his um, run his plays and, and the plays that he knows are going to be successful regardless of where you are on the field. You know, some coaches can be um, – they can take some back whether you're backed up and they, they may be a little bit more conservative trying to get a first down. But coach, mm-hmm. as, he's, as he's shown, he, he's willing to throw the ball deep he's back there inside his own ten, so he's just very aggressive um i like how he his his method of calling plays i like where he he goes with some of the stuff that he does and um he's always got a reason for for what he does and he's very smart mm-hmm. I mean, he does a good job of, in meetings of, of get me prepared um he translates his play calling and his playbook really well to me and i'm, I'm able to pick up on mm-hmm. it pretty good but at the end of the day he's an old-fashioned coach He's not afraid to get after you. He's not afraid to uh, yell and scream and make sure he knows <laughs> that it's been his way. Um, but that's how you got to be, and that's what um, that's how I respond. I respond well when coaches kind of are tough on me and, and bring out the, the best of me. Um, and I don't necessarily um, think that I do well when it's just comfortable and, and the things yeah. are just kind of monotonous. And so when coaches are willing to to stay on me and and continue to push me and, and, and make me allow me to compete with myself that's usually where i'm the best
5: for sure and great players they want to get coached hard and, and great coaches realize that last question I'm going to let you out of here Bo you know so much hoopla was made during the offseason about oh going under center oh the ball handling and I just laugh you know it's it's funny we ask you to, to you know run a 4-5 uh, throw the whole shot against cover 2 with 2 in, in NFL corner and NFL safety but everybody freaks out when they ask you to go under center you know like you're trying to figure out you know how to learn Sumerian in 10 minutes can you just talk about uh, just the easy kind of fluid not saying that it's easy, but you being able to go under center. I mean, y'all lined up in the eye and ran G toss. You lined up in the gun. You got an empty. Being able to do those things and be so multiple spreads out a defense. But just talk about that transition for you, being able to go under center and being in the gun with really no effort. And that's also a shout-out to Nick Bronze, a, uh, Brahms, a.k.a. the pilot.
6: Yeah, uh, I've loved it. I've absolutely loved changing the launch point. I've loved going under center. It allows me to to see things from a different angle you know if that shade is really in a shade or if he's out mm-hmm. actually a little bit wider um i see rotation better up under center because you're kind of closer to the guys you can see depth perception a lot more you're not having to look over at their their alignment mm-hmm. over Great the line point. they're already down and you can see and it's just it provides a completely different vantage point and pretty, completely different perspective i've really enjoyed the change up i've really enjoyed I'm getting up under center every once in a while, handing the ball off to Tank, letting him
4: go. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years.
1: Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura podcast network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: Downhill, doing some good um, boots and nakeds off of it to where it gets me out of the pocket. Play-action game has really increased from under center, so I think it provides an, an extremely valuable um, asset to our offense and, and valuable um, position that we can get in because now, like you said, we can go from empty to the power I really easily. Um, just change personnels really quickly. Um, it's what we're used to. It's what we're good at and I think it just allows us to get in positions where our guys can make plays.
5: Yeah. I think this is where video game spoils football fans sometimes because you're like oh i'll just pick a multiple offense and on madden or whatever and i can go empty and i can go goal line you really don't think about it but doing it in real life actually presents a huge problem for the defense because if you have to go over everything you're not able to focus in on the main thing and i think that's the whole point of being multiple on offense bo it's always great man you're focused you're having fun i can tell Uh, everybody needs to make sure they grab those shirts it's for a great cause there's some nfts out there as well that everybody needs to go grab that are live but bo i appreciate it my friend good luck. this weekend and uh, should be a fun one ESPN seven Eastern Jordan hair is going to be rocking don't you think if you had to guess
6: yeah I, I definitely think it's going to be a loud one I think it's going to be a fun atmosphere um it's it's fun to have a game like this in Auburn in your home home stadium with your crowd and um I just expect it to be a fun night uh this is why you come to Auburn this is why you play college football is to play on, at night on ESPN against the top 10 teams. so I'm excited about it um thank you for having me and uh War Eagle
5: Bo, it's always great to have you, buddy. Talk soon. All right, Bo Nix, as he does every Monday, kind of feel he's vibing a little bit. This has been playing better.
8: The food
5: tastes better. He's focused. He's having fun. Is this the year? We don't know. You know what I'm going to laugh is if Bo Nix continues to ball out and they just talk about him a little bit for Heisman and Jordan Palmer can be like, All you guys. I mean,
8: real, I mean, if you, if you look at it realistically this year, I mean, there's not really a guy who you look at the landscape of college football and you're like, oh, hyphen winner. Yeah. Well, right. there's yeah. not that guy yeah, this year. Yeah. So he could be in that realm even right now. He could be talked about. He could yeah. be talked about. There's, look,
5: there's a lot of season left. But, Blaine, let's get to the booster club. What are they saying? They're always hot after Bo gets in here and,
8: and spits his stuff. <laughs> uh, absolutely. They're hot, just like my mouth after Friday. Yeah. All right, we got a hashtag. Mike and Mary. What's up, Mike and Mary? He says, Shouldn't they just re- renegotiate O's deal and let him go now? Because it feels like they need to. The team has. Let go of the rope, you could tell by the third series at all Miss. Well, I,
5: I told you, I didn't like this whole Ed Orgeron, hey, let's hang out, I'm not okay, you're not okay, but that's okay, Average Joe's type of situation we got going on over there. Just pull the Band-Aid off, man. Look, go have a great time. Yeah. But to me, just hanging out, it just lingers. And, and I get the people say, oh, well... You know, maybe as part of negotiating this, that, and the other. But if I'm Edo and I'm the school, why don't we just break up? Like, Why do we have to keep talking about breaking up? We know we're going to break up. We've told everybody, all our friends, that we're going to break up. But can we just break up, like officially,
7: just break up? I think I'm the only one who doesn't really have a problem with this. I mean, I get what you were saying early on about go ahead and make the call now to help with recruiting. They did Mm -hmm. that, right? I think he's still hanging around because – because he won a national championship in 2019. I think that they're saying at the administration that you know what, you still took us to the promised land, undefeated season, national champions. We're gonna let you, the guys you recruited are still here. We're gonna let you finish out strong with them. And I thought that we'd get more of that vibe that they had against Florida. For the rest of the year, mm-hmm. right? Well, with can. them like getting up for him like yeah. that and saying, "Hey, let's finish this strong together." I won't be your head coach next year, but I brought you guys in. Okay, fight for me till the end of the year. You're going to be good moving mm-hmm. forward with whoever takes the reins next.
5: Yeah, but if I'm at O, like I, I mean, again, I'm just hanging around over there. And, and I understand you you recruited the players. I get that. And he's a Louisiana and he's guy. Louisiana this is dream guy. job. like you know, I, I, I get it. But for the health, I just wonder what you tell a recruit that's going to come on the next official visit. Like, yeah, and this is our head coach's office. Well, Ed Orgeron's still in there, but he's not going to be your head coach. Well, Ed, just be, stay in there. Is don't it, worry. It, it, would it just says be, help wanted. Yeah, says help different. wanted. <laughs> would it be any
7: different if you just had an interim coach who you also don't know is going to be the head well, guy you know, next I year? It's, it's not that much. I,
5: I think it's fresh. I think it's a change. I, I think it just – to me, it, it's it's – like smelling something and never just opening the door and fanning it out. You're like, man, you know, I can still sit here and smell it. I just, I'm not in love with the hanging around. Let's make Corey Raymond in the interim. Let's make somebody the interim, be able to rejuvenate the players a little bit, even though they came out and they played great against Florida, this, that, and the other. But it just doesn't last. I just don't like it because I feel like it just interferes with it. It's just an added distraction for both parties. oh. Man, you're not going to just, you know, can just go, go fishing. I know you got money. I, I and agree. You're about to it get even weird. more money. I will agree. It is. So, why weird. are you not it's hanging weird. at the lake right especially, now? You said you don't want to coach. Especially for a
7: guy who this is probably not his last job. If he, if he were 75 years old, you know this is his last stop. Then you can say, like, okay, let him finish out. Yeah, so yeah, I, get Lewis, that. But it, I think it's just because he's a Louisiana guy. It's not, his dream yeah. job to finish out the season.
8: Yeah, not even him, but if you're a fan, it's just extremely weird. It's just weird. Right? Like, there's yeah, nothing I guess. worse right then one your team losing and then two having to look at the same guy with your team losing yeah. who's been fired but still coaching as we still lose it's can we change something before i go insane <laughs> yeah it's like yeah it's
5: it's like i don't it's the old i'm not okay you're not okay but it's all okay and eventually hopefully we'll bring somebody else in and i'll be okay i just like ripping the band-aid off what do <laughs> yeah, we got i got a question here
8: from drew greason what's up drew it says hashtag ask jboy is there a chance that Alabama doesn't make the SEC championship this year?
5: Yeah, there's a chance. I mean, I I think – man, I sound like Christopher Walken when I said that. Yeah, (laughs) it's crazy. No, but uh, look, there's a chance. The SEC West is a lot more open than what we thought because, again, again, what we've talked about a lot was it's Georgia – it's Alabama and it's everybody else, but Alabama has shown a little bit of a tendency for mortality. And you look at the rest of that schedule, and it really doesn't scare me, anybody else on Alabama's schedule outside of that last game at Jordan Hare, Jordan Hare Stadium. That it's just if Auburn is able to beat Ole Miss and then they go beat AM, I that game to me, I can't you want to talk about waiting to see a spread? I want to see the spread on that one. Cause cause that will it will be absolutely bananas. So I think there's a chance. I mean, Ole Miss, only losses to Alabama. Alabama's got the one to AM. You're one away from maybe disqualifying yourself. And I know Alabama fans are looking at it more of the point of, well, if we lose one more, then we're out of the playoff. But if you look at the rest of this season, the way it lines up, and Ole Miss doesn't have exactly have a cakewalk the rest of the year either, but I am looking at that last game, last Saturday of the regular season in the SEC Alabama going to Jordan-Hare, and we've just seen that movie before. We've seen it before, and it's intri- It's a real M. Night Shyamalan experience. You turn left, and you're looking right. You look up, but you're really looking down. Who's under the
8: cloak? Yeah. Who knows? It's a 53-yard field goal. Put somebody back there. Let's see what happens. Next thing you know, Leonardo DiCaprio is in front of you. Hey, who does Alabama have for the rest of the year?
5: Yeah, we look at, let's yeah. look at the rest of that schedule, Cone. You go right. to your Go-Go Gadget yeah. schedule. Look, this look week,
7: her upper. then LSU new mexico state Ooh, mexico arkansas state. at home and then at the bermuda triangle
5: yeah look it's gonna come down if you're a college football fan the finish in the sec west is about to be nuts if you're an auburn fan the next two weeks not that mississippi state at home ain't gonna be a tough one true but if you're able to just scamper through the next two weeks it's gonna get awfully physical the, the sec
8: west is like that movie rat race
5: it is. It's basically that movie. Rat it Prince. is. Everybody's just running around doing whatever it takes. Yeah. Whatever it takes. Alright, another one from the Booster Club, line.
8: Yeah, I got a question from DJ Barber, a true D-D-J. OG Booster. What's up, DJ? He said, if Bo doesn't have a game like he did against Arkansas, and it's more like the game against LSU, which I didn't think he had a bad game, how does Auburn get it done against an Ole Miss team that is getting better every week?
5: Okay, well, here's the way that I'll put it. And Ole Miss is getting better, but they are very beat up. We have to talk about the circumstances the way they are. But if you're You're asking me if the style of offense that Auburn plays, not just Bo Nix, he's the straw that stirs the drink, he's the quarterback, that's how it works in most systems, really all systems, but Bo Nix being on time and going through his progressions and having time to go through his progressions against Arkansas is a whole different way to run an offense than what they did against LSU, where he basically just ran around and started inventing stuff. You've got your Ben Franklin way, which is the way he did against LSU, or we're just running around just inventing stuff that's useful, or then you have really just your smooth, natural, operating within the system, taking the underneath, guys finding holes in the zone, staying in front of the chains. That style of offense, not just for Bo Nix, is what Auburn has to have, because they may be able to get away with it against Ole Miss, but you are priming and tuning yourself in in my opinion, to make this run at the end and you have to be as calculated, you have to be as smart, you have to be operating as efficiently as possible, and you're not going to be able to dance around Alabama's defensive line as much as they've struggled against some of the interior runs and some of the gap scheme. It's not because they're not athletic, and it's not because they can't run, and you don't want to be running away from Will Anderson right now. Uh, I don't think you can invent it like that, and there's so much more risk that goes into that. You're not running the actual stuff that you're running. It's a scramble drill, and a lot of crazy stuff can happen a lot of big plays can happen but a lot of bad plays can happen so to me if you're picking one or the other obviously you want arkansas bo nicks but most importantly arkansas auburn's offense and from an efficiency standpoint what else we got
8: got a question here from colin and he asked how bad one what do you think the georgia bama spread would be if you had to do it today and how bad do you think georgia would beat cincinnati
5: Wow. All right. I'll start with the first one. I think the Bama spread would be like nine and a half. Mm. Nine and a really?
8: half. Really? Nine and a half. At a neutral site. Neutral site. I'd say Atlanta. I'd say four and a half. You okay. think, four a half? think four and a half? Four and a half to I'll take
7: it in the middle between that. I say six and course, a half. Of course, you
5: price right everything.
7: Six and a half. That's what my gut was telling me anyway. But now that I can price this right, y'all, I'll do that. For
5: sure. But uh, look, uh, I, I think it'd be nine and a half. Because again, you, you look, and I think. The people that, that are making the spreads using whatever machine algorithm, you know, shout out to FanDuel, whatever, you know, witchcraft and wizardry they use to come up with these lines. I, I, I still think you look up front and you got to feel like Georgia would control the game. I, I just do, and I think it's, it'd be a nine and a half and then they make you make the decision, well, mm. do you think Georgia's going to win by ten? A little bit underneath, and it's going to be a tight game tit for tat, back and forth, which again when you have that many good athletes running around you look at matchups, you always look at matchups, to me I don't see how Alabama is able to run the ball consistently against Georgia, giving Georgia the ability to pin their ears back. And if Georgia is able to run the ball like they have been against basically everybody, against an Alabama front that has shown a vulnerability, to me, I think you're, you're looking at Georgia being the, the leader, the cream of the crop, and I think that's how it's been throughout the whole season and will continue to be unless something big changes. Like I said, we're in week eight. You know, the time for adjustments, you're always making adjustments, you're always trying to evolve, you're always trying to get better. But players are players at this point, really in my you know what you got at least. You know where you can grow but you know what you got. What else we got?
7: Answer the second question first. Oh, how, oh, bad how, would how about Georgia, Georgia beat Cincinnati? Cincinnati? Cincinnati.
5: Bad. Uh, <laughs> Seventeen or more. Look in Cincinnati it's a great story. But Cinderella's a great story. There's a lot of great stories. Finding Nemo, fantastic story. But we don't live in Storyland. Yeah. Our Toy Story. How about that? You like that? We don't live in Toy Story. This is a real world. And the real world, Georgia doesn't have any guys opting out. And they're playing against Cincinnati, and they should dominate them. They should dominate them in the trenches. They should dominate them out wide. And Cincinnati, and I'll continue to say it, is the best group of five team that I have seen since we started really calling it that. We talked about the 2017 UCF team. But, but, Georgia at full speed, operating the way they operate, they beat Cincinnati 41-13, 41-17. And I think Cincinnati scores a touchdown late Because I like Ritter I think he's a really good player I think he's going to be a good NFL quarterback But there is some things If you go back and watch his game And I'm not just talking about the Navy game I'm not going off one game Against Georgia You have to do everything almost perfect And be able to hold up up front Cincinnati's not stopping the power that Georgia's running Cincinnati's not stopping the play action The boot with Stetson Bennett in them And the tight ends are a matchup nightmare For what Cincinnati has You want to talk about Darnell Washington and Brock Bowers Brock Bowers, it, it would it would be like going to Chuck E. Cheese as a kid You just go in there and have a great time Just run around, jump in the ball pit Make crazy catches Eat some great at halftime And win by 35 I just don't think that Cincinnati can compete with Georgia I think Cincinnati would lose to Alabama by 21 or more So that's just me
8: yeah, I don't know if Cincinnati could beat SMU to be honest uh, look look I don't I wouldn't go there I mean, I mean, question, a better question an today. Uh, yeah a better don't, don't question
5: don't is, on yeah a better question is and we had it in our top 12 like playoff bracket thing would
8: Cincinnati beat Kentucky can Cincinnati beat all yeah. And I don't want to change my pick on that actually <laughs> yeah, yeah now
5: that you're thinking about it but all right uh, let's get former Heisman Trophy winner.
7: You want to go to do, that, you or you want to go to three star do, or five let's stars? Go, you want to go five stars? Let's or? go
5: five stars first, and then we'll bring you Danny sure? Werfel. Yeah, let's All do five right. stars first. I always love doing five stars. All right, let's get to your All five All right, here star. we go. Five star. Illinois prevails in the new overtime. And I'm looking around the landscape. Why does everybody hate the new overtime rules? I don't hate them. Mm-mm. They're fun. Everybody's trashing the new overtime rules. Who? Just I, everybody. Social media. I've seen more people. More people, I bet. More people text me, I hate this
7: overtime. Why? Why do it's you not hate It's not like it? it starts at the very beginning of overtime. Yeah, we,
5: the first two, like, look, we know the rule changes. All right? You have to go for two earlier. You get to the third, it's a two-point conversion fest. How is that not fun? If you watch that Illinois pit, say, that was a blast. That was a blast. And what I thought was funny, what I thought was funny, shout out to, to Belama. Coach Bielema, who called out the guys that were still there earlier in the week, he's like, listen, you look at our two deep. I mean, we don't really have anybody making a contribution that was here before we got here. And everybody thought Illinois was just going to go in there and get slapped by Penn State. Well, it pissed them off or something. Cause, and Penn State didn't play great. I think they rushed Clifford back a little bit. Uh, I think he's still beat up. And now you got Ohio State this weekend. But I'm watching it, and I'm like, man. I was thinking about it from, from a coaching perspective. You come in with a certain amount of two-point plays, right? Three to five somewhere around there, now that you know. We talked about this with Jeff Collins when we went out there and, and did, it at, uh, did a show at the, the practice live. Him talking about, man, now I've got like double, triple the amount of two-point plays. Well, it got to the point in the Penn State-Illinois game. They were just running just running base plays. Like there was no more trickery. You didn't see Philly special. They were just lining up and running out of lead
8: zone. We'll see. It got to the ninth and tenth overtime, and they're just like. Why, why doesn't college, and this is just a question. Are you going to say, my-
5: why don't they do it like the NFL?
8: Yeah. Because
5: to me, number one, I didn't mind the way it was. Like, I didn't really mind it. But I'm shocked at the backlash of the new overtime rules. I like this better. You would think in our society today, they want the quick, hey, you know, whatever. I know it went 10 overtimes, but they're running to the sideline, running back out. This play matters for the game. This play matters for the game. This play matters for the game. It was great. It was. I mean, you had goal line stands, guys getting Mm -hmm. hit at the inch. You're at the two and a half yard line. I just don't know how people and people are just trashing it. I bet people in the booster club right now are trashing the overtime. How much you want to bet?
7: I, are they? Maybe are I, they? I, smell I bet we, they are. I smell we put out a poll there.
5: I smell we you put, 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 out poll. Here, I put out a poll. I put, put, put out a poll. Put out a poll. Do you like the new overtime? Is the, wait no no. Do this. Is the new overtime better than the old overtime? I think that's a better question. But
7: everybody's just been trashing it.
5: So that's yeah. my five-star. Well, shout-out to Illinois. But shout-out to uh, them actually
7: getting some rules right for once in the new overtime. I like it. Yeah, and the, the, as if the Big Ten couldn't get any
8: weirder. That's it's exactly a, It's right. about Dude, It, start. weird. This, it it's a, starts this weekend. They legitimately both ran out of plays.
5: Yeah, yeah they're like, all right, hey, I got an idea. Let's play with 12, see what happens. All right, four stars. Bryce Young dominates on the ground. Now, you'll say, oh, he only ran for 42 yards. But he had two touchdowns, and they were two crucial touchdowns. But to me, I think it's more of a sign of things to come, a little more coaching as we move on through the year, saying, hey, we're to the point now where you've got a good feel of what's going on. You've done a good job of keeping your eyes down the field while you're on the run, extending plays outside of the pocket and inside the pocket. But if you feel like you've got them in a position where, boom, I'm snapping and I can see man and I can take off, you're a good enough runner if you protect yourself to really hurt people. And Bryce Young made a couple moves on some Tennessee guys in the open field that was nasty. He's got that drag foot juke mm-hmm. where when he jukes, he drags the back foot and you like, kind of screws you up as a defender for a second because you're like, I don't know which way which. Way Way he's going and it's kind of a different speed and a different feel to it uh, but I thought Bryce made a lot of better decisions running it but being safe now it's different when you're going in to score uh, in a big game you got to put your body on the line sometimes but if you watched he really didn't sit there and absorb a ton of big hits and a guy that's not the size of Jalen Hurts or some of these bigger quarterbacks he ran smart he ran effective but he was also dangerous and that's the balance that he needs to continue to have all right, three stars. Ole Miss handled his business. I talked about this in the monologue. You're beat up. A lot of teams are beat up this time of year. Did they make excuses? No. They went down 7 nothing. Did they make excuses? No. Was down 7 nothing. had to get a goal line stand to keep it from 14-0. No excuses. They took the game from LSU. I think this showed you a lot about Ole Miss's mental toughness as a team, and I think that's something that's overlooked when you look at Lane Kiffin coach teams. If you watch a lot of Lane Kiffin Kiffin coach teams, regardless of the different assistants, they're really never super soft. You're an was horrible on defense last year because of personnel, they're still not great on defense, but it's not like guys were afraid, like they weren't throwing their bodies around. I think that's something that gets overlooked with Lane Kiffin. His guys play physical. That offense, Matt Corral, plays physical. That offensive line plays physical. Ely runs hard, Parrish run hard, runs hard, Snoop runs hard. Guys are trying to break tackles after the catch with Drummond and the stiff arm and stuff like that. So, to me, I think this was a big statement on Ole Miss's mental toughness as a team, as beat up as they are, and they got another big mental toughness test at Jordan-Hare Stadium this weekend. All right, two stars. South Carolina. And look, again, I'll say it again, I think Shane Beamer's the right guy, but I looked up, and I can't remember if it was late in the third quarter or going into the fourth. They had six total yards. Six. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight helmets on here. So for three-fourths of the game, we had more helmets on the set that are in the shoot than they had total yards in the game. That's almost very hard to do. And you look at sack yardage and you take that into account, but still, that is almost impressive in itself. Now, they finished, I think, with 185. They scored some garbage points late. But I was looking at that, and that was just a bad performance. And they were outmanned and outpersonnelled. and I get it. I get it. But AM acted like they were playing the JV up front. I was watching some of the get-off. It was like South Carolina never changed up to snap that much. They were just off balance the whole night. But to get six total yards, I hope everybody realizes, that's a little over half of one first down. And you ran how many? What was the yards per play? up to that point because I'm not a math scientist or a mathematician or whatever you want to call it, but it's not good. It's not good a lot, which means basically every play you were catching it and taking like a mini step, and that's just as far as you got. Like I would love to see somebody just take the amount of steps per play that South Carolina was getting, and I'm not here to pile on South Carolina. We know that they don't have the personnel. We know that Shane Beamer is recruiting pretty well. But man, that was ugly to watch. Your AM, it's great. I mean, it's I you, loved know, it. you know, if you're a, if you're an AM fan, shout out uh the, the Hutton family, uh big fans of the show and I'm sure y'all had, had a ball. As the DC, I'm sure Mike Elko was up there. I mean, they're high five and do whatever they do, but six total yards, it's not good, Bob.
7: All right, one star. Go ahead and clean up on the whole state of South Carolina today.
5: Man, Clemson, ugh. You know, it's one thing to kind of fall off and have a bad year. It's another thing what's happening at Clemson. DJ right now is a bust. You got to call a spade a spade. You got to call a spade a spade. This is the same guy that was in there with JT Daniels and Bryce Young in that same group. He's next. He had tons of offers, and we know he has the ability to be a good player, but, man, he looks lost. I'm talking about Will Robinson lost in space. Where's my robot help? I mean, their offensive line – I mean, Pitt was just a lot better than there, and I know that they've had two defensive linemen out. But Clemson, I mean, at the end of the day, what are they four and three now? Worse than that? What a huge drop off! Now, do I think they'll be back? Or this is a sign of an an indicative sign of things to come? No, Clemson will be fine, but they have some major problems at quarterback and in the offensive line. It's just not a good situation. I don't see it getting better. And, four and, and two. Yeah, they're four and two right now. That doesn't sound. They lost to Georgia.
8: And he's four and three. Four and Pitt three. Thank sweet. you. Yeah. I
5: knew I wasn't losing my mind. Um, so again, at the end of the day, if you're a Clemson fan, it's just been a a fall flat on your face situation, and they'll get it turned around. But man, I did not see this coming. If you're Wake Forest, love it. Kind of looking around. I know you I got mean, them hey, late. You're kind of like, listen.
8: Last weekend, Clemson scheduled Clemson versus uh, South Carolina, Flint, Michigan Mega Bowl.
5: Look. And if you're South Carolina, who knows? But you got to get more than six total yards, I promise you that. But I'll tell you, a guy who got more than six total yards, he actually won a Heisman. He's a pretty good quarterback at Florida. His name's Danny Werfel. He's going to hop in here right now. Hey, everybody. Let me tell you about one of our newest sponsors, Pasquale's Pizza and Wings. They have the best pizza in the solar system universe, wherever. uh, And now they've added meatball items to their menu, which makes it meatball mania. Who doesn't love that? Each week, four of the top offensive lines across the college football landscape will receive an MVP. That's a meatball victory party to celebrate their wins and get fired up for the next big game. These winning schools will also get a chance to try out the meatballs with special promo codes. And at the end of the year, one group will be crowned. The Pasquale's MVP offensive line of the year. Here's who we got this week. Syracuse 41-36 over Virginia Tech. Huge touchdown uh, there in the last minute. Offensive line did a great job of protecting to give Schrader a chance to throw it. Washington beat a 21 uh, beat Arizona a fledgling Pac-12 team still winless 21-16 to good job by the offensive line finishing there South Carolina State close 13-7 to win over Delaware State big drive there in the second half to put that one away and then Minnesota rowing the boat 13-34-16 over a Maryland team that's struggling out of getting After getting hot out of the gate The offensive line Doing a heck of a job there So make sure you go to Pasqualespizza.com To try Meatball Mania Or order it from your favorite delivery app It's really easy But make sure And you guys gotta feel me on this You use the promo code SPIN25 Get 5 For a great deal That's SPIN25 Get 5 To save yourself some some money On some great pizza Wings Meatballs I'm telling you The Meatball Dunkers It's the place So go to Pasqualespizza.com Today Use that promo code SPIN25 Get 5 All right, everybody, excited to welcome one of the best quarterbacks to play in the SEC, Heisman winner. The accolades go from here to there, but he's doing even more now that he's off the field, and we're going to get to that in the end, Mr. Danny Werfel. Danny, it's always a pleasure to have you, my friend. It's been a while, but uh, welcome back to the J Boy Show. Thank
4: you, Jake. It's good to be with you,
5: too. Definitely. Well, well, let's start. Florida Georgia week, and I just want to ask you, Danny, because again, you know, we talked about this a little bit earlier with Alabama and Tennessee. Sometimes you have rivalries that are lopsided one way or the other, and they start turning into traditions. One that really hasn't been, is always, you know, hard fought. Last year, Florida winning it. Uh, this Georgia-Florida rivalry, just what does it mean to you as a former Florida player?
4: Well, first, I do appreciate the terminology using Florida before you say Georgia. I, I live in Georgia. <laughs> they call it the Georgia-Florida game here. It throws me off. Thank you for that. Uh, it definitely has been a game that goes back... Uh, a lot of years in terms of the, the bad blood, the competition, the rivalry. You know, uh, even back when I was playing for Steve Spurrier, you could tell yeah. who thought about the game differently from, from his time as a player. And I think that the fact that it's so often, uh, especially in the last over of years, it's like two games in the East, uh, so much implication. Like yeah. Those games where, you know, even when one team may be so much uh, favored, so highly favored, You just never know what's going to happen in a Florida Georgia game.
5: Yeah, and it's amazing, too, and we talk about this all the time on the show, Danny, and you've lived it, you've been through it, you've seen both sides of it. You can really only get your guys up, up at the maximum. not saying they're not focused, but to be playing at the highest level possible in these big games four, maybe five times a year. And I know Florida struggled against LSU, but I don't think we're going to see that same Florida team against Georgia. Not that I think they're going to go in there and dominate the game, but this is a huge one for Florida. It's one of the reasons why you come to Florida, and I wouldn't be surprised if you saw a very physical Florida team come this Saturday.
4: Oh, I do think they're going to be bringing it. I think uh, the, the pressure's amped up a little bit in a lot of ways. Um, people are disappointed. Players are disappointed. The coaches are disappointed. And this is one of those games where, as bad as some things have been, and losing to Kentucky and, and if you, uh, you beat Georgia, and you can ride the ship a bit. I can not think yeah. probably the goals this year that really makes a difference. So they'll, they'll be ready.
5: For sure. And it's, it's almost like that part on Dumb and Dumber when Harry sells, I use this analogy all the time, when Harry sells the dog van and then shows up with the scooter and, and Lloyd looks at him, he's like, you totally redeem yourself for yes. everything that's happened. It's kind of one of those moments uh, for Florida this weekend. But, you know, Danny, haven't played the quarterback position, you know, you're looking at kind of the quarterback, I don't know, you call it controversy, whatever, at Florida with Emery and Anthony Richardson, uh, a guy that in the future you look has a ton of talent. What's kind of your thoughts on the quarterback situation and just what would be your advice to both of the guys through the season? Because I think Emery's handled it really well. You hadn't seen anything in the press. I thought he's handled it very maturely.
4: Well, my first thing would be to commend them both. I think they both have handled this, as you said, very maturely. There's a lot of, lot of players over over the years that would do things differently to make, to make it worse. It's, for some reason, the quarterback position is unique. You know, We're, we're using silver running backs, and, and no one wants to ask about that. There's something <laughs> unique about the quarterback. The, the plus side of the guys. Mm-hmm. So that's a great thing. We want to hurt not a big dip like a lot of people. Yeah. You know,
7: the tough part
4: is uh, it's kind of always uh, always in the news, always on the mind, what's going to happen. And so, uh, you know, I'm supportive of our coach. I'm supportive of both guys. You know, I think you know, they really well. Well, I think uh, Anthony, as many have seen, seems to have a potential really high ceiling. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm encouraged to see that play out over
5: yeah, and it, you know, it's, it's been one of those things It's funny watching Dan Mullen, just his offensive Mind, being able to take a style Of offense like you saw last year with Trask And Pitts and Tony and them uh, And then be able to transform back Into a lot of what he's usually done with the Quarterback run game, you go back through his history I'm very intrigued to see how they play it out This Saturday if AR comes off the bench Kind of how that goes, but you know Danny Last time you were on here, you told a fantastic Story about Chris Doring, Buddy of ours, buddy of the show uh, South Carolina game, going up and getting one in the back of the end zone. Is there a Florida-Georgia story that stands out in your mind? And I'd also would like to say somebody sent me a message saying that Danny Werfel still throws the prettiest spiral that I've seen in college football. That is a that is a, a great award because there's a lot of guys that can spin it.
4: Oh, that's really kind. Well, thank that person. Give them a like or a follow or whatever that means. For sure. So thank you. Um, yeah, so throwing that pass to Chris in the back of the end, that was against South Carolina, was when we practiced a lot and loved uh, another unique Florida Georgia story was uh, unique in that in 95 we played in uh, Georgia in Athens. <laughs> one drive. On one drive, I threw three touchdowns for Dylan. <laughs>
5: in one drive, three touchdowns.
4: Yeah, so I threw him a touchdown. There was a penalty. They called it back. So I threw another pass to him for a touchdown. There was a second penalty. They called it back. So I threw a third one. So somewhere there's a joke, you know, you say, punch me once, shame on you, punch me twice, shame on me.
0: But you think, you think they would have
4: covered the, guy. <laughs> the second one. Uh, but that's, that's one of my, uh, my, my Florida Georgia great memories with, with Chris Dorn.
5: It is, you know, I, I always, I think, find it interesting to go back. If you could, maybe like a hidden stat or something like that at the end of the day, where you go back and say, man, you know, he threw 32 touchdown passes during the season. But he threw five that got called back. But then you say, oh, you threw two interceptions that get called back. Maybe there was a fumble or something. So I always find that an an interesting stat. Uh, But I've never heard, Danny, of three times... In one drive I've never heard it I'm trying to remember If I've ever seen it before Seen two before Whether it be a run Whether it be a pass But not three uh, Danny just um, You know as, as we go through here And I want to get to What you guys are doing At the Desire Cup This weekend It's fantastic stuff and, and what you've done Off the field My last football question For you is this You look around The landscape of college football And whether it's the super seniors Whether it's the transfer portal There is as much parity This year And really Georgia To me There's a gap between Georgia and everybody else But I've never seen This much parity And it's so great For the sport in my opinion As a college football purist That I know you are It's got to be fun To kind of look around And say hey man You know it's not as As normally narrative driven For the same four or five teams
4: Yeah I think it's unique And it's fun to see You know I think One of the reasons uh, A lot of people like Watching NFL games Is you never know Who's going to win You know any team can beat any team On any given day you know, a lot of times Florida will be playing somebody and my wife doesn't really want to watch the game because, you know, if, if it's a smaller school or something, you know, for the most part, it's not going to be very exciting. But when you start having more and more games coming down to the wire, more upsets, other teams beating other teams, it really makes for much more of a, a fan fan environment to enjoy it. But I love it.
5: Yeah, no, it's it's great. But let's talk about the Desire Cup, Danny. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you kind of take it away. It's such a cool deal. Last time we had you on, we talked about the ministry, all that stuff. Just tell everybody what you got going on, because I know it's going to be an awesome scene Friday and this weekend.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, as we've talked about and many know, I do a lot of work supporting under-resourced neighborhoods across the southeast. So we're impacting the lives of hundreds, probably thousands of kids and families in some really cool ways. And our biggest fundraiser of the year is this week. It's uh, the Florida Georgia Week. And so yep. we have a North Georgia Gala and golf Tournament. We literally pair up Georgia fans, Bulldogs fans, Georgia Selectors, Florida Selectors, and mm-hmm. Burrier player with the first Tebow with Hemett and all wow. these Selectors. Play against each other and the winning team gets the cup. Sometimes whoever wins the golf cup wins the football game. This may be your own <laughs> game. game as a fan but it's really fun it's thursday night is the dinner at sea island friday morning okay. golf we do have a couple spots left if anybody happens to be free but you can also really support the work without being there we call it the 19th hole fun drive you can go to desirecup.com desirecup.com and you can make a donation of any size uh to help the work of desire to uh, be very much appreciated and uh well, i'm a coordinator helping people y'all, yeah. So yeah hopefully you'll uh, check it out desirecup.com.
5: Definitely. Everybody head to DesireCup.com right now. If you can donate, donate. Any Everything counts. It's great stuff you're doing, and it's it's going to be amazing, Danny, and I know you've thought about this, to look 20 years from now uh, of all the people that were affected and how that they were able to change their socioeconomic standing. That's the stuff that really matters more than touchdowns, passes, trophies, and all this stuff. But DesireCup.com, man, you, you're really doing it out there, Danny, and I appreciate it and appreciate you coming on. Let's do this again, man. It's always fun.
4: You got it, man. Take care, Jay.
5: One of the best out there, man. Danny Werfel doing doing stuff outside of the field as well. It was Incredible a a guy, man. And you remember him running those offenses at Florida with our boy
7: CD. Funny guy. Chris
5: Doring, the witch of witches. Uh, got to get Chris back on here soon, too. He uh, he called that old Miss Bama when like Blaine tried to call it. But you know what? You know I respect CD? He owned it. He owned it. He got, he got on got there right on right SEC the next Nation, exactly owned it, right. man. Got up there and
8: he owned it. Did he eat five? He didn't wings. do all that well, You were a didn't champ, that. Man. Yeah,
5: you, you know what? You owned it even more How yeah. about Thanks, that? Thanks, guys How about you it, that? You're Thanks, more guys. special than anybody i And I still I've have some of that
7: sauce left, too so Yeah,
5: for sure We know. just need to casually put it on one of Wayne's Just let me know, man The next one you feel one good time. about You know, it's kind of your thing now How about we do that every Friday? You just eat something hot like, like, that we Sorry, not
8: bring that up just, I have to go to the bathroom Yeah
5: Hey, alright, well you, you had your finger up to is
8: there some action in the Booster yeah, Club? Yeah, um, a couple donos and one oh, thing. Oh, uh, I love one, when we get to we'll hit the button. Yeah, I put the poll out. Is okay. the new overtime better than the old overtime? 60% no. Oh, Booster Club. Wow. Well, we got to listen to the Booster hey, Club.
5: Listen, they're the ones that pay the bills. We lay ourselves
7: at the, at the mercy of the Booster that's Club. That's exactly right. I'm shocked. I'm, I'm, I'm not disappointed, though. They know what they're talking about. I'm a about. little disappointed. I,
5: not that I don't think they, they, they know what they're talking about, but I like it. Maybe I I'm just too. in the minor. Just, maybe it's like Blaine likes the Gardetto I, chips. I can't get behind get it. I, I can't get behind it. I wasn't it. a
8: big fan of the other time, to be honest. I put booster club Why? on that. Why? Can Is you articulate that- it? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's put it in not- a word form. It just didn't. F- feel right. What does or that mean? Look right. I'd rather go... It's like a weird like, hug? I don't know. You play against Iowa, Wisconsin. They're going to go into 47 overtimes, dog. They just run the ball. They have like seven plays. But
5: isn't it... But, okay, so then wouldn't it even... Wouldn't it take even longer if you were having to run Let's plays do the from NFL. the 25? Let's do the NFL.
7: No, the NFL is even That's, worse. How is it worse? How is it worse? I don't like the NFL. How is it
5: worse, either, either, either do sudden death or you like,
7: yeah... When in the coin flip matters so much in that. Yeah, it's like, like it just, I, I don't, no,
5: I, look, uh, to no. me, I don't want it to be where, oh, you go down the score, because you could have, you it's know what, awful. I don't want to dive too far into this. The Booster Club has spoken. They have spoken. What but else? the question I, to the Booster I Club agree, was Booster was it Club. better than
7: the old college football overtime? It wasn't, was it better than the NFL? I said, we come back tomorrow, we give them a new poll, and we see what Let's they say about out. that. We're but really going to find then, out then. Let me know what these donos are about. Yeah.
8: yeah. $10 dono button. from the DGD podcast. <laughs> yes he says, late to the party, but never too late to donate. Hashtag mm. good philosophy. Listen, you never want to be gator. the first one to show hashtag up to the party. It, it took me a second to get this, but hashtag gator hater. He's gator haters. He hates gators.
5: Yeah. That's tough, especially if you're a gator. what you do to him? It's a big week for him, though. Got tough. another
8: $5 ooh. donor from Drew Dismuse. What's Drew, up, Drew? double D. I appreciate it, man. Absolutely. We got a question here. Hit me with it. All right, Drew Dismukes coming in with a question at Hashtag or Who do you guys all think will be eventually the head coach at LSU and why?
5: I mean, I'm going to still say it's Lane Kiffin because I think his it's a splash higher, but it solves an offensive problem. You're able to recruit at LSU, recruits itself. You'll always have good defensive players. And I think he wants to be, and not saying that Ole Miss isn't a good place to be. So every all our Ole Miss fans, just calm down for a second. But let's talk real. Let's talk real.
7: How about LSU Bill O'Brien? LSU or Ole Miss? How about Bill O'Brien? I've been hearing. <laughs> I've been hearing.
8: What have you been hearing? Some Mike Tomlin talk. Mike Tomlin to USC? To USC or LSU. Man, I, look. Ooh. You want to talk about a higher. You, you want to talk about flipping the script. You wow. want to talk about a higher. Mike Tomlin to LSU
5: scares me. I mean, Mike Tomlin anywhere in college that's legitimate L- scares me. Yeah,
8: but I, I think LSU a little more than USC. Look, it but i tell time. you this.
5: If I'm going against LSU, I'd much rather have Mike Tomlin than Lane Kiffin. I promise you that. I promise you that. Because it's still a question coming from the NFL down to college. A lot more goes into it on the and periphery. And I believe if
8: I'm wrong, Ben's been there the whole time. Mike has been there because Bing Roethlisberger has been at Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, they go hand-in-hand. Hand. Yeah, well, having that quarterback, just good for every year. Yeah, well, it's a problem you don't have to worry about. It's a about rarity. It's like, yeah. don't worry, Ben's never going to get tackled. Yeah, it's hard to look bad when your offense is always yeah. good. some sometimes he's classified abs- as a building. You have a center playing quarterback. Yeah, the-
5: you literally have a tackle playing quarterback that can move. All right, <laughs>
8: hey, I want to get to this top 10 cone
5: because <laughs> I know it's going to piss a lot of people off. Are you ready for that?
7: Let's do it. Are you ready to you throw want it? Eat, Let's you go 10-6. Uh,
5: okay. Let's go, let's build it up. Like Wayne said, let the beat build a little bit. All right, so if you're listening on audio, here's what we got. I got Wake Forest 10, Ole Miss 9, Michigan State 8, Michigan 7, Kentucky, that's right, not the fried chicken, the football team at number 6. Now, what you will say to me is, man, smells like Oregon's not there. But Number one, you'd be right. They're at number 11. But look who plays each other this weekend, Michigan and Michigan State. So de facto, if Oregon handles business, they'll be in the top 10. But when you look at what's going to go down in East Lansing, Cone, I know this one hits home. It hits home hard. This one hits you right in the feels. Big brother. It's, it's,
7: it's, it's yeah, big brother. it's game. Yeah, big brother and he says, right? Stand Excuse up.
5: me, little brother. Yeah, Michigan looks at, at Michigan State like little brother, right? That's what you said?
7: He wants me on the record for that no, so he, much. Well, you, you know what? Yes, yes, we're yes. going okay, to play little you. brother. I'm I'm just I'm just he it. It. And we're going to give them look, the business, all right? Get the
5: demons out.
7: But I'll tell you get what. Out. I'm not excited about it. Now, look, that line,
5: four and a half, that's an interesting line. Four and a half is Hey, you want to talk about a test? How about a test for Mel Tucker?
7: Yeah, this is that's a te- true. We talked they about a test played, for they haven't Lane. Played much either, so. But
5: again, look, and and Blaine, you said some, you know, Kentucky at six. Why would I not put
7: Kentucky at six? Do
5: you th- honestly, if Kentucky played Michigan neutral field? We're saying neutral field, mm-hmm. right? Let's look at these teams. Kentucky played Wake Forest. Who you taken?
7: Kentucky. Kentucky played Wake Forest. Kentucky.
5: All right, Kentucky plays Ole Miss neutral field. That's a tough man, game to I don't pick. Know, that's man. a tough game to pick. But I'm taking Kentucky. But I'm taking Kentucky. Kentucky's giving me no reason not to. And again, Mm -hmm. you say Ole Miss, only lost at Alabama. That's a great argument. Mm -hmm. That's why we should have the 12-team playoff. What are these guys in the Alliance doing? How stupid can you possibly be? I'm sorry. And I know these are probably really smart people, except for some some certain examples of being this one. I just don't get what the Alliance is doing. You're robbing all of us of a great time. You You know who these guys are? You want me to tell you who they are? I've got a great analogy for this. They're the person that's in the class that right before you leave reminds the teacher if there's any homework. <laughs> that's who these guys are. But, you know, everybody's waiting. It's like she or he didn't say anything about homework. No, so I guess there's no homework. And right before the bell rings, you know, that person raises their hand and be like, hey, is there any homework? That's who that's who the alliance is. That's who these guys are. They're raising their hand because they want to know if there's homework and just ruining it for the rest of us by delaying it. By taking up more of my time And also wasting my time I think it's horrible I think it's bad I'm not happy with it I'll get on here every day And I will beat that dead horse to death Even though I don't condone animal violence Animal on animal or human on animal Or animal on human I don't condone any of it So anyways That's my 10 through 6 That was my long way of saying it But some great matchups You want 1 through 5 now? Let's go 1 through 5 right, (laughs) Cincinnati number 5 Oklahoma number four. Man, it just hurts. You have to say them. it
7: like that, too. There's it's no just, confidence in that. I,
5: this reminds me of all the Notre Dame teams that they're like, they're going to make the playoff, and then they get drug off the mat. Mm-hmm. This is like a replacement. For the first time, I don't have to hear about Notre Dame being in the top four so they can just waste everybody's time and get in there and what? get drugged. But now Oklahoma, you've got to put in there almost. And yeah, I hate to do well. that because I tell you what, they lose. Look, they lose one game. They're out of my top 10 hmm. That that's how hanging by a moment lifehouse style
8: we are right now with that but situation. Well, what number 4 team would you put in there that wouldn't get I think get, there's a bunch of one get, loss teams that would be That Oklahoma. wouldn't get drug in the playoff. If you had to put someone in the So fourth. if we're
5: saying, all right, let's take Georgia out of it. Let's say Bama. Let let's say cuz I think Georgia's going to drag pretty much everybody they play probably outside of Alabama. I really, and what I mean by Dragons are going to beat them by 17 or more points and dominate the game. 20 or more points and dominate the game. What I'm saying is there's a lot of teams that I could put it for that I think would beat Oklahoma. I think Oregon would beat Oklahoma. At 11, I think Michigan would have a great chance to beat Oklahoma. I think Michigan State would have a great chance to beat Oklahoma. I think Cincinnati could beat Oklahoma. I think Kentucky could beat Oklahoma. And I like Caleb Williams, but I'm just telling you,
8: they can't tackle on defense. Yeah, well, who's they that, can't. Whoever's at that fourth spot, and if it ends up being Georgia, oh, Alabama, Georgia be, oh, or Ohio State, oh. whoever's at the fourth spot, whether that's Cincinnati, whether that's Oklahoma, or whatever, then it'd have to be a one-loss team probably after that, unless Oklahoma State goes undefeated, is getting drug. Oh, look, they're getting drugged. But but Unless again, I can, you know, but again, then you get that one team, that one lost Kentucky team in. But, there. but
5: what I'm saying is, then we should let somebody in there that at least because if Oklahoma goes undefeated, they're in, and they should be in. Mm-hmm. They should be in. if They go undefeated. I don't think they're going to go undefeated. But when I'm trying to rank the top four or five teams, it's the only one that I put in there that I'm like, man, like I really don't want to put them in there. Let, let's let's go ahead and get this straight, guys. Kansas is not good, at all, at all. They're a a 30-and-a-half-point dog to Oklahoma State. And they really and shoulda, woulda, coulda, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. We'd get that. But Oklahoma shoulda lost that game. That was probably the worst first half, maybe by any legitimate Power 5 team, the whole season. It's that bad. That's how bad Kansas is. I mean, Oklahoma had to click their heels twice and get the hell out of there.
8: I mean, they had to have a guy steal a, a ball, ball from another guy to get a fork which was in- a
5: great play by Caleb Williams. Oh my! God. I've never seen, that, seen yeah. that before. I've seen I've watched a lot of football, a lot. I have never seen it go down like that. And it's funny, like me and my brother looked at each other watching the game, we're like, "Man, that just doesn't look I right." Thought it was illegal then you at look first. at the, the fans, and everybody's like, "Even the Oklahoma fans, are like, can we can we do that?" It's like the part on semi pro when they threw the alley oop, and Father Pat was like. That's a, that's a foul. No, wait. It's two fouls. And they go up to him and they're like, no, that's legal. It's behind the line of scrimmage. It's just like handing it off forward. It's just like giving a jet sweep. You're behind the line of scrimmage. You can throw it forward, backwards, whatever. That first time, or really multiple times going backwards, but it looked funny, but it was legal. I mean, it was 100% legal. But Oklahoma, it pains me to put him in there. It does. But Georgia, number one, that's easy. Bama, number two, really, right now, that's easy, even though I think they're vulnerable. I think them and Ohio State are close. Ohio State is playing – now – Man, Ohio State really trending. hasn't done it against anybody, but
8: listen—they're trending. You're beating
5: man. Indiana 44 to seven. Somebody's pissed off. That
8: just tells you that this is what the, good. They're pissed off for greatness. The athletes that Ohio State has. Yes, well, they're, they're more on the receiver It's receiver receiver more than that. LSU has secondary. athletes
7: too. Okay, these—this is what good football teams do, and well-coached football teams do—is they trend at the right time and they get better throughout the season. This is what Michigan mm-hmm. fans have wanting to. Been wanting to see from Jim Harbaugh,
8: like, the question. Well, compared to the, big, the compared to the Big Ten, when, when it comes to athletes, they're different. I get well, that. Well, they I are. Think they they've are.
5: recruited I think you can put Clemson and Ohio State in the same realm of SEC teams when it comes down to athletes. Because don't forget, Urban Meyer went to Ohio State and was like, guess what, guys? I'm going down south to get all these these athletes. It, and yeah. if you look at the way Clemson built it. it, even though they're in South Carolina. But Ryan Day is a hell of they, a coach. They have unbelievable and
7: athletes, but they looked vulnerable at the beginning of the did. year. They
5: did. But don't think for a second that those guys, because we're all dealing with human beings. We can't forget that. The mm-hmm. team is one entity, but it's made up of individuals. Mm-hmm. It is. Don't think they didn't look around and they're like, wait a minute minute. Bama's got a loss. Oregon's got a loss. Notre Dame's got a lot. We can, we're still primed to get in here. Yep. And they've got enough games starting with Penn State. I know they lost to Illinois. Mm-hmm. And that game's at home. To me, I think you could make an argument between Alabama and Ohio State. I think you could too. too, actually. A little bit at number two. I really think you could. Because again, that loss, and I know it was at home. I get that to Oregon. And Oregon lost for Dell after that. And, and I get that. But that Oregon win is still that Oregon loss is still looking better in my opinion mm-hmm. to the Alabama and A and M loss when Alabama lost A and M. Let's not forget A and M was going down like a sweet muffin Lafleur, sure. and that win brought life back in that program. And now they're ranked, you know, almost top
7: fifteen. Even though that was a win by a field goal on the road in a hostile A and M. Uh, crowd, you know, but I do agree with you that yeah, Ohio State is looking better and better, and I think they're chomping at the bit right there for that number two spot. I think
5: they are too, and I think they know they're going to get in. I think they know they're going to get in. Forty forty set forty four to seven at halftime against a Power Five and in conference opponent. That's t- it's tough to be beating Vanderbilt forty four to seven at halftime. That is whooping somebody into submission. Uncle, uncle, I'm tapping, please. So, all right, let's get to the sharps Mm -hmm. as we wind down here. That's the top 10. I tweeted it out. Yell at me on Twitter if you want at the J Boy Show. Make sure you're following us. But we got some sharps. And I do want to throw a shout out to David Cohn.
8: Hey, hot last week, my guy Hot
5: last week, me and Blaine were just okay You were hot last week to continue to keep us in the green 3 over 500, I like it. 97 Thank you. and 70 to be a cool 58.5% We're going to get over the 60% Somebody's having the golden weekend this weekend Let's get, I'm, I'm just I'm calling it. you. Somebody's having the golden weekend it. If you don't know what the golden weekend It is exactly what you think it is It is a perfect weekend from the Sharps to the Saturdays and now we, we, we do want to make a little adjustment, and I think we're good with this. We are going to be giving out our sharps like normal on Mondays. Thursday night games, Thursday. Friday night games, Friday. We'll talk a little bit about some of the games we like on Saturday, but we will tweet out our Saturday picks on Saturday. And here's the reason. We haven't had a chance to see TTP on any I of know. the Saturday teams. Quarter or spreads, quarter spreads or anything like towels. that. And just like Blaine has been in his bag with the, TTP. with the
7: TTPs. Yeah. If
5: you're down with TTP, yeah, you know me. And that's just how it Which is. They're if
7: they can put them out earlier cuz they already know the overs waiting? and unders. They already know the over/under, right? So they Why know are what are doing this to us? <laughs> Either way, not our concern. We'll put no. them out on Saturday. Until then, I say we stay hot for the people.
5: Let's stay hot for the people. All right, you want to start remind? You want yeah, to start go ahead, Mary go around? Tell us what she All got right, here's here. what I'm going. And I got th- these lines when we picked them for the show. Wake -16 and a half over Duke. Love uh coach Cutcliffe, but I think the time's running out on them. Duke's really, you know, kind of gone downhill though, like they're in a bobsledding competition. So give me Wake -16 and a half. Over Duke, give me the the Spartans, the Fighting Spartans of San Jose State, also known as San Jose State, minus two and a half over the Cowboys of Wyoming. Wyoming's really struggling to score points. San Jose State, while it's not the most gorgeous thing on offense, they're a better team than Wyoming. And Middle Tennessee State came through for me last week against the mighty Huskies of UConn. And we can all remember what the battle that was. First half really upset me. They got stopped at the goal line twice, and I was like, if this happens, I swear I'm never betting Middle Tennessee anything again. But they didn't. They came through. It wasn't close at the end. And guess what? We love Will Hall here. We love Coach Hall. Doesn't have the dudes in there at Southern Miss yet to do what he wants to do. They basically run a wildcat system on offense. Give me Middle Tennessee minus 13.5 over the Golden Eagles that reside in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Beautiful city there. So Wake minus 16.5 over Duke. San Jose State minus two and a half over Wyoming, Middle Tennessee State minus 13 and a half over Southern Miss. Blaine, what you got?
8: Jeez. Good amount of bets there, bud. That's three. Um,. It's three bets. Oh, okay. I, I just repeated them. Actually, I've won more than you. All right, I'm sorry with the Georgia Florida over. I got it at 49 and a half. I think sco- Georgia might score 50 points alone in this game. Okay. Um I'm taking Boise State money line versus Colorado State. Boise State kind of a down year. I feel like they bounce back. I'm taking quarterback he can actually air it out. Colorado I'm a little skeptical
5: hip Colorado State
8: pick. just can't really spread the ball. Out. They're really one-dimensional team They have a couple good backs but the quarterback really can't throw it. I think Boise State's more fundamental defense. Dude, Vanderbilt beat Colorado State
5: at Colorado State. Does yeah, you know, I, had Cal- that?
8: I had Colorado State in that game for my fifth leg in a part lay after I hit the first oh, four. I appreciate oh, you bringing that up. My bad. Um, I also have Arkansas State plus ten and a half versus South Alabama at home. South Alabama just lost to. A, I know. I know. Uh, God, uh, ULM, team, ULM. Who just beat Liberty? Home, What's going on at ULM? They're I like four and three. Weird you stuff across how, the country. You know, Arkansas State's trying to turn up a little bit, right? Better quarterback. With the quarterback. The quarterbacks, receivers actually catching the ball. The defense kind of showed up a little bit. I'm taking the Bulldogs. A minus 13 and a half. I saw it go down in 14 and a half. Went to 13 and a half. Thought I'd grab at them. And I don't know how you look at Georgia. I know it's a rivalry game and weird things that tend to happen. But I don't know how you don't look at this Georgia yeah. team and then look at this Florida team and don't say they're a 14-point better team.
5: I know. Look, and and South Alabama is such a bad look. Like, You've got to you take your hat off to Terry Bowden, though, in ULM. Man, losing mm. his dad, Rich Rod, those guys there. They didn't win a game. They were horrible last year and started off horrible, turned it around. All right, Cone, you're 7-1 right, in the Sharps. 7-1 in the hot? Sharps the
7: last four weeks, my only loss was what? Remind the people. They know. Oh, uh, you picked they Arkansas know. to beat Auburn, Arkansas. which wasn't a horrible pick. I picked Arkansas yeah, over no, Auburn. No, no they said man. War Eagle beat them. A wise man would learn from his mistakes, okay? Don't which is it. what I was Don't. thinking when it was one and a half. Oh, that awesome. line went to two and a half. Ole Miss's favor, so are I'm going to take favor? O-
5: Auburn's favor, right? It's Auburn minus two and a half,
7: right? Or am I tripping? That's what I'm saying. Oh, Ole Miss, okay. is, yeah, I get two and a half oh, points for Ole Miss, favor. so I'm going to take two okay. and a half. Miss, I'm going to take the two and a half with Ole Miss because here's why: we could have a 27-all situation and get into the new overtime rules, right? Wow, Auburn could you win by two, deep. miss by the hook. Pick hits, okay. I want Ole Miss plus two and a half, and I want Kentucky money line. There's no reason they should lose to Mississippi State.
5: Yeah, that's an interesting. We're going to talk it's about that tra- more. It's a trap. It's
7: a trap. Admiral Akbar special there. Yeah, it
5: might be uh, right? that, that's look. I, I'm with you with Kentucky Moneyline. line. I just look at that Mississippi State game. We talked about it earlier. So there's the sharps. We're going to tweet them out as we normally do on Monday. Let's see if we can stay hot there. It's been a great show, man. Anything else from the Booster Club before we wrap it up and put it under the tree?
8: Um, Shout-outs to Terry Bowden, man. Beach Club, you're doing well. Um, we got a question here if you want it. Real
5: quick, real Devin quick. Tinsley,
8: how does the, uh, the all-football facility coming soon help AU in recruiting so far? Do you all think the staff takes it up a notch and takes it to the next step?
5: Well, look, it's 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 – it's another toy. It's a nice toy. It's it's a toy that competes now with other people and, and Auburn's, you know, for a while's you know, you look over at Georgia and that facility, I mean they got Lambeau seats in the locker room. Alabama's got robots that just help you walk around the facility and give you massages and stuff, shoulder massages only. But when you look around at the landscape of the SEC and college football in general, it is an arms race. That's what it is. Who has the coolest uniforms? Who has the most resources? Who's got a barbershop in the facility? Who's got the coolest shoes? It all goes back to recruiting. It's a huge recruiting pitch. And it is not, it's nice to be able to take a recruit in the facility and say, look, we have one too. And I think that's what you're going to see from Auburn. It'll continue to help them in recruiting. But guess what helps you the most?
7: Winning. Winning,
5: Winning and being relevant. And you'll notice that we're this far in the season. People are still talking about Auburn having a chance. And when you have that, you're able to take that momentum from before the season when you're Brian Harson and this coaching staff and you told all these recruits, hey, we're coming in here to do good. We're going to get Auburn back on track, this, that, and the other. Now you're looking at them like, hey, guess what? I'm not the guy that said I told you so, but welcome to the party, pal. To quote Bruce Willis from Die Hard as he looks down out of the broken window at one of the many people he put away in that true life story. So, uh, anyways, appreciate the Booster Club. Great as usual. Appreciate the donations. Can you just hit the button one time for me, Cone? Just... <laughs> i just enjoy that i don't know why maybe it's you know maybe it's a problem but we appreciate you guys uh hanging out uh, we've got a great show for you tomorrow got some great guests gonna drop that make sure you look at those sharp bets go to fanduel.com go to the jboy grab some merch most importantly hit that sub button and like oklahoma's undefeated record within the next three to four weeks i promise you we're going going gone the Boy
1: show is produced by david Cohn, associate producer blaine crane Audio engineer Faison Sharif, executive producers Jake Crane, Vince Thompson, Steve Chamberlain, and David Cohn, voiceover announcer Mark Aston. Please subscribe to The Volume on YouTube, where you can catch us live weekdays at 3 p.m. Win the water cooler with The J-Boy Show.